0: This is 358 Health, Fitness and Mindset Podcast, the show that gives you the tools to integrate the principles of a healthy lifestyle into your schedule without having to give up the things that you enjoy in your life. If you want to improve your body and your mind, then 358 is the place to be. Your host, Jack Buffery, is your personal development trainer and creator of the 358 programs. Find out more about 358 and sign up for the free seven day challenge at www.fitness.com. 358fitness.com Hello ladies and gentlemen my name is Jack Buffery and this is the 358 health fitness and mindset podcast now this episode is brought to you by the 358 Smart Simple Recipe Pack and the 358 Delicious Vegan Recipe Pack. Now between them, these two digital cookbooks have over 90 amazing recipes, but not only that, they also give you a shopping list and smart meal plans that incorporate any leftovers you may have to help you save time and money. Now each recipe also has a scannable barcode for my MyFitnessPal users, for all of you calorie trackers out there. Now if you're listening to this on a day of release, which is Friday the 14th of August, you have until midnight tonight to grab either or both of these books at 50% off. And not only that, but I'm also throwing in a free seven step healthy eating guide to set you up on the right path. Now this episode is different to any I've done before. Uh, it was actually going to be the second episode I would put out, but I started talking to people a lot earlier than I anticipated, and I didn't get around to recording it, so here I am now. But every now and then, what I'm going to do is a uh, What the fuck episode. It's a play on words that doesn't really make sense, but once I got it in my head, it didn't go away, so I decided to run with it. Um, so, the fuck is FAQ, Frequently Asked Questions. So, like I said, What the fuck doesn't really make any sense. But like I said, I'm going to go with it. Now, the questions I'll be answering today are, what are the most important things to consider when planning your own resistance workouts? I get into some good things about that. So pay attention if you are considering writing your own programs and how to get the most out of them. Um, The next question I tackle is, how do I know what the best workout is for me? And that is a, obviously a very personal question, so I'll delve into that. Next is, what equipment should I have for a home gym? And there is a lot of variation that you can have, and there's so much stuff out there. So I give you the, the basics, and I touch on every different budget for this as well, how you can get the most effective workout. Now next I talk about uh, mobility. Now, I talk about mobility a lot. It's something I realize that I need to work on constantly uh, just because I neglected it for so long, probably in my 20s and even early 30s. And I've been asked on numerous occasions, is there a difference between mobility and flexibility? So I get into that one as well. And finally, I answer the question, how do I get my head in the right space to work out? So we delve into that one as well, looking at a little bit of mindset stuff. Okay, so jumping straight into the first question here, and that is, what are the most important things to consider when planning your own resistance workouts? Now, first of all, uh, I just want to point out the fact that this refers to resistance workouts. So that's going to be anything where you're using either a body weight or kind of an external weight like a barbell or a dumbbell or a kettlebell, anything like that, um, that is going to create resistance to the movement that you're doing. Uh, So this doesn't include things like cardio um, and and bits and pieces like that. So well, I think when considering a resistance workout, the, the first thing to consider is that you're hitting all the major muscle groups and getting a good balanced effect on all your body. Now, to do that, there are five key movements that we want to have a look at that can be broken up and spread over the program as a whole. Uh, the first of those is a hip hinge. So if you've ever seen anyone do a deadlift or a... Um, a glute bridge, anything like that, then that is a hip hinge. That is where basically our body bends at the hips, um, and our hips hips will usually slide backwards, in, especially in a deadlift, and our back remaining straight will kind of bend down and... It will be, all All the power will basically be coming from the butt muscles, the lower back and the um, the backs of the legs, so the hamstrings. That's what a hip hinge will be focused on primarily. Now next is a squat. That's the next of the five movements. So a squat is, you, you've probably seen a squat, you're probably aware of what a squat is. That is where we break at the knees and we bend down by bending our knees. Um, So the next move, the third one is an upper body push. Now, Everyone's probably familiar with what a lot of bench presses and especially a push-up. They're both upper body push movements, and so is an overhead press, like a shoulder press. That's also upper body push as well. Um, the, and then the next movement is the opposite of that, which is the upper body pull. And any type of rowing movement, whether you're on a rowing machine or whether you're doing a row with dumbbells or barbell or anything like that, that is an upper body pull, um, as is a pull-up as well, also an upper body pull. Now, the last of the five movements is rotation, and that is rotation um, of the core. So if you've ever seen anyone do a Russian twist or, um, or a wood chopper, any kind of movement like that where we are using resistance and we're either fighting it or resisting against rotation, Um, that is a good movement to really strongly develop our core and we tend not to get enough rotation in in day-to-day life, at least most of us don't. So it's really handy to include that into your program. So the question next is, I mean, how do you plan those movements in? And that really depends on the amount of workouts you have per week. So for instance, if you were only doing one workout per week, you would want to include all of those movements in that one workout. So you'd want to have a hip hinge, you'd want to have the squat, the upper body push, the upper body pull, and the rotation. So for example, if this was a gym workout, you might be looking at doing um, a deadlift, maybe followed by some... Um, front squats and then either some push-ups or some bench pressing or some shoulder press and then with an upper body pull, say either a pull-up or a bent over row and then followed with some Russian twists or some wood choppers, some sort of rotation. Um, And you'd want all of those movements in that one workout so you wouldn't want too many sets of them because you want to kind of hit everything in the time that you have. Now, if you go to two per week, the way that I would tend to do this would be splitting it into two still full bodies. Um, so I'd probably have like a hip hinge, um, so I'd do maybe a deadlift. Then pair that with an upper body push. Uh, that would be, let's say, a, a shoulder press. And then include a rotation in that, so let's say a Russian twist. And that would be workout A. So Workout B would be a squat, and that could be a front squat, back squat, or some sort of lunge variation, and it could be an upper body pull, so let's say we're going to go with a front squat, and then the upper body pull would be a pull up, and then the rotation on that one would be, um, I forgot what I said on the first one now, but either a wood chop or a Russian twist, whichever one I didn't say for the first one, and that is a simple A-B split workout. And the thing with that is you could probably do that up to three times per week. Say Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you could do ABA and then the next week would be BAB. And that is a really good way to hit your full body. And I mean, a program like that, you'll see benefits for it for at least eight weeks and then even longer if you start to change up the rep ranges. So that is, first of all, how I would incorporate those five movements. Now, if you're talking about four or more workouts per week, um, and I wouldn't recommend this straight away, especially if you haven't really done much in the gym before. But if you are looking at four or more workouts per week, then you could break this up even more by doing uh, each of the movements on individual days. So let's say Monday would be a deadlift of a hip hinge. Tuesday would be a bench press. And then move to Thursday. So you'd have a rest day on Wednesday. And you'd do a squat then on the Thursday. And on the Friday, you could do some bent over rows. And then with all of those movements, you would have kind of assistant moves as well, obviously, to fill up the workout. And then you'd also have your rotational workouts, your rotational moves, sorry, on the end of that as well. And now with all of that being said, I mean, it really does depend a lot on your goals. Um, And if you're just starting out, I would definitely recommend on what I've laid out there, the two to three times per week on an A-B split is ideal. Okay, so the next question is, um, how do I know what the best workout is for me? Now, this question has an answer that is very popular in the fitness industry in general. Um... And the answer is, it depends. And you will hear that quite a lot to any question because basically everybody is different and every body is also different. And it really does depend on, on that. And plus what goals are and what your previous experience is. There really are a lot of variables going into what the best workout is for you. But if you're asking this question, the chances are you might be quite new to working out. So the first thing I would say is, Start with something that you can stick to. Um, now, the way that people usually stick to something is it comes from two different places. And the first of those is um, you stick to it because you enjoy the process. So, let's say that you really, really love um, uh, you love going to the gym and lifting weights. Let's let's use that. So. If you really, really love that, you're likely to do it because you enjoy being there. It's somewhere where you like to be. Um, you feel comfortable there. Maybe work out with a workout partner and between the two of you. You feel really, really great and you feel strong, confident, and it just, it, it makes you feel good to be in that situation. Or let's look at it from a, another point of view. The other way, that you can, um, there's really strong way to stick to something is by identifying strongly with the goal you have in mind. Now, this could actually relate to enjoying the process because sometimes you end up enjoying the um, enjoying the process when you are looking for a goal, but they don't always go hand in hand, and I'll get into that in a minute. But if you're if you've got a goal of who you want to be and where you want to be in your head, sometimes you will go through crap that you don't really want to go through to reach that goal. I think it was Muhammad Ali who said that he hated every second of training, but he knew that he had to do it to uh, beat George Foreman or whoever his opponent was at the time. But the bottom line is, if you've got a goal and your why is strong enough, you will do whatever it takes to reach it. So they're kind of the two main reasons that people will stick to something. And it can be a combination of the two. Uh, They aren't Always completely independent from each other, but however, there are some times where a goal and enjoying a process might not go together. Let's say your goal is to be a bodybuilder, but you enjoy power hoop. Now you're not going to be able to get a bodybuilder physique by doing power hoop classes every day, they just don't go together in that way. So what you have to do is change one of the one of those things, either change your goals or change the process that you're doing so if your goal means more to you than the process does then you need to align yourself with the goals and when you go into a workout you need to think about your goals to make sure you're motivated to carry on again we're going to get into this a little bit later actually on with the last question um but yeah if you are uh, if you want to focus on the process, then you'll have to kind of give up on the goal of the being a bodybuilder and just focus on the goal of enjoying what you're doing and getting fit and healthy because you enjoy doing something like power hoop. Uh, but basically, yeah, one of those does have to change. So um, try to get them aligned as much as possible, and that will probably come over time as well. But, you know, make sure you've got a balance there. And things do tend to work out once you've got that momentum there. Um, ask yourself what has a stronger pull for you as well to start with. So are you more goal-orientated or are you more process-orientated? And you might find that the other element kind of changes over time to match the other one. Okay, so the next question is, what equipment should I have for a home gym? Uh, And guess what? It depends. Uh, this time, it depends on budget and space. Basically, I guess they're the, the main two contributing factors to, um, to what you should have in your home gym. Now, obviously, Um, I'm recording this on the 13th of August 2020, so if you're listening to this in the future, it'll be interesting to see how things look there. But at the moment, we're just coming out of lockdown. Some places are going back into lockdown, some gyms are opening, some are still shut, some are shutting back down again. Um, So home gyms have become extremely popular over the last five months And a lot of people are buying stuff to just start their own home gyms um, so they can do their own workouts and bits and pieces, whether that's, you know, whether they've got designated space or whether they just want to buy a bit of equipment to chuck in the corner uh, or chuck in a little cupboard or something to bring out when they want to do it. But what I'm going to talk about here is some brilliant equipment you can get. And I'm going to go through each of the different budgets as well. So starting with the cheapest. Obviously the cheapest bit of equipment you can have, uh, but is also the most valuable at the same time is your body. So you can actually achieve a lot with pure bodyweight workouts and if you want to have a look, just Google catasthenics workouts and have a look on YouTube at some of the videos. What those guys can do, guys and girls can do, is absolutely amazing. Um, and it's also worth bearing in mind that a lot of uh, gymnastics stuff is catasthenics-based and bodyweight-based as well, and those guys and girls look absolutely phenomenal. So. You know there is definitely definitely space for body weight in anyone's routine no matter how much of a beginner or a um or a veteran you are in the gym there is always progress to be made just with a body weight stuff by itself but Let's start getting onto equipment now. And um, probably the cheapest bit of equipment you can get is resistance bands, and you can either buy one band individually or you can buy a whole set of bands. But either way, you can get a brilliant, amazing workout from bands, and they're actually, um, they actually—they actually do outstrip weights in some ways because the resistance they offer differs slightly to weight so for instance as you get further away from the ground the resistance to a band actually gets more because you're putting more tension on it where as with a dumbbell or a barbell it will stay the same throughout the movement so um, again even veteran Uh, Even veteran gym goers can actually still experience some interesting gains and it's become more and more popular in recent years to actually see people who are at an advanced level in the gym using bands. Now they might be using bands in combination with weights by putting them onto the barbells and stuff like that but bands definitely do have a lot of value and you can pretty much replicate anything you can do with a set of dumbbells you can re- replicate that with bands and you can actually do some more bits and pieces as well for um for things like uh, a lat pull down which you would not be able to do with dumbbells so um, definitely bands that would be the cheapest and very very versatile option and next on the on the cost level, uh, this is kind of a joint actually with the, with the with the next one after as well. But I'll go to this one first because you can pick them up for quite cheap, and that is a suspension trainer. Now the most popular brand out there is TRX, and they cost over hundred pounds or something. But um, I'm not going to lie; I brought mine from Lidl's, which is a uh, you know a budget supermarket in the UK. And that has lasted me for, I think, about four years now and still going strong. Absolutely no signs of wear and tear. And I picked that for about £13. Um, So have a look around. And a suspension trainer, basically what it is, it is a strap, a really strong strap that anchors. It can anchor onto anything. So you get this, um, you get like a a different anchor set for different things you want to anchor it to. So mine is over my squat cage in my gym, but you can also anchor it to a door frame. You can do it wherever you want or into a pull-up bar in a door frame. Um, But what these allow you to do, they're almost like gymnastic rings in a way. So they give you two handles. And with those two handles, you can um, do assisted squats or pistol squats, push-ups, rows. You can put your feet in the hoops and do elevated push-ups. You can do mountain climbers with them. But they are a very, very versatile piece of kit. And and the best thing is you can travel with them really easily as well. You could whack them. And I meant to say this about the bands as well. You can whack them in a bag and go with them wherever you want. And with a suspension trainer, you can hook it up to a tree in a local park or some railings. It'll literally attach to um, most things you can get the strap around and really deliver a fantastic workout. Now, the next on the list, which the, again, these differ in budget depending on the weight more than anything, but that is kettlebells. Now kettlebells are phenomenal for several things and not only strength but also conditioning, endurance and just giving your body a different kind of experience when lifting a weight. So lifting a kettlebell into a overhead press is a very different experience from lifting a dumbbell overhead. Um, So kettlebells they can be anything from you can probably pick them up for around the 20 pound mark for um for a light one but they go up to you could probably pick them up for over 100 pounds to be honest depending on what kind of weight you're looking for but again very very i mean even in a in a little box in a corner somewhere in a room and they won't take up any space they won't be getting in the way um and i think they will give you just a, a lot of versatility i mean one or all of those things you could just tuck away in a corner but if we're going up in budget now slightly, I guess the next thing to be to be purchased would be dumbbells. Um, now, I have a few different dumbbells, uh, but I probably I'd say the ones that are most versatile and are the ones that I used for a lot of PT when I would travel to meet my clients would be my adjustable dumbbells. Now, these ones, the ones that I have go from I think it's five kilos up to 32 and a half kilos each so that is a big variation and there is a hell of a lot of working out you can do with with that weight variation Um, they're not the cheapest they can cost well at the moment with this big surge in home gym popularity they can cost upwards of 400 pounds for a pair um but they are a great investment and if you were to buy all of those weights separately you'd be probably looking at over a 1000 pound investment so a a pair of adjustable dumbbells are really really handy after the dumbbells, it's a bit of a tie-up between either getting a barbell or a bench. Now, I'd probably recommend getting a bench if you've got a set of dumbbells, because again, that can just open up certain exercises, like um, doing a uh, a bench press, and you can use the the bench for other things like dips and and different things like that. But it's it's a bit of a tie with a barbell, uh, and you can probably pick them up for around the same price. So, like a barbell and a bench will probably cost around the same price, but. Um, the bench would be handy for doing full dumbbell workouts if that's the route you want to go to but if increasing your strength is your next goal then I would start looking at barbells now when you get a barbell it's obviously not just a barbell you have to buy it's the weights to go with it as well and that's where the money really starts to add up because weight doesn't well it doesn't come cheap basically so um, that's probably on the next tier up but have a look at the barbells and that's when you can start incorporating things like deadlifts and if you are quite an experienced lifter then you can maybe start incorporating some of the Olympic lifts into your routine as well. Now the next one and probably the last thing you'll need for your home gym would be a rack. So that would be a squat rack, whether that is is two independent stands or whether that is a full power rack cage. Um, now that will then give use for your barbell to be able to do much more, such as setting yourself up for back squats, front squats, rack pulls, all of that sort of thing. And, and if you get a full cage, they usually have like pull up bars on them and stuff like that as well. So a rack does make things very versatile, but With a rack, obviously you'll need a designated space. I mean, the barbell itself is usually a minimum of six foot. So bear that into mind. And the rack is usually about eight foot tall, if not taller as well. So again, I've started with the things that will cost the least and take up the most, uh, the least space. And I've gone up to things that will be more expensive and take up the most space. But if you wanted your ideal gym, Um, you would be able to achieve pretty much anything you wanted to with a rack a bench and a barbell but do not underestimate how far you could get with body weight and bands on the other end of things you really really can achieve a lot so work out what your budget is and I would if I had to advise you I would say start on the low end and then work your way up build it a bit at a time um, basically when you feel like you have exhausted the use of bands and stuff for a while if you've you know been training with them for a long time then move on to the next thing and build up if you've got enough space and budget to accompany it then definitely build up to a barbell on a rack and there is not much you won't be able to get done. Okay moving on to the next question um, this is the one about mobility now Again, it is something I talk about quite a lot, and it's one of the reasons I incorporated mobility flows into the 358 philosophy. Um, It's because I need to work on it personally, and I realise that many, many people do. And one of the questions I've been asked quite regularly is, is there a difference between mobility and flexibility? Now, I haven't looked into this at all. I don't know what the uh, dictionary definitions say, but I would definitely say there is a difference, at least in my head, And the way I define it, basically, is by control. And what I mean by that is that um, having control in a range of movement is what sets mobility apart from flexibility. So, um, for example, you can raise, you you might be able to raise your arm above your head um, and, let's say, tilt it back slightly. So if your arm is raised directly above your head, um, try pushing the back of your palm back towards the wall behind you so you're essentially pushing your hand backwards up in the air. You might be able to do that but can you do it with control or does your arm kind of break away from control? So don't, don't actually try lifting your weight up into that position but um, the difference between flexibility and mobility is that you can be flexible. You might be able to get your arms and legs into all sorts of positions but If you don't have strength in those positions, then the mobility doesn't really count that much for it. It just means that you can actually move your muscles, but um, it's not really going to serve you any great purpose. Whereas mobility, if you can control your range of motion, if you can control your weight through that range of motion, um, then you know you're going to have some strength there. So let's take a squat, for example. If you've ever seen anyone do a barbell squat, where they have the barbell on their back and then they just lower their body. Um, the idea here is to retain tension on the muscles being used throughout the whole movement. But a lot of people, and I used to be guilty of this, so I hold my hands up to that, a lot of people will get down to the bottom of it and it's almost like they take a little bit of a break because they're in a position where they're, all, the, all the weight is basically driving down through their feet and they're kind of balanced, but they're not actually the, the muscles under tension aren't taking that tension anymore they're just kind of balanced there and then they have to increase the tension again obviously to get back up but um, for, for mobility you want to kind of have tension in all of that movement. Um, a- another common thing you'll see with a squat is people won't, won't get their butts below their knees so they will go kind of like a three, sorry, like a yeah, like a three-quarter squat. They won't go all the way down. That's because they don't have the mobility and control to control that barbell below a certain point. So they stop short and raise back up. Now, what this does when people do this, um, it increases your strength in that range of motion, but no further. So you won't be able to squat properly with that weight because you're not actually training your muscles to do so what you want to do is train your muscles to have mobility where as far as you can extend those muscles you want to train them to control weight in that range of motion. I hope that kind of makes sense because the way I explain it isn't always very clear. When I was thinking about this question in my head it did sound a bit better but um, basically flexibility without strength can lead to problems. Now If you look at yoga, when done right, um, yoga does an amazing job basically because of the intention they have through the movement. They're not just letting their limbs fly to a certain position and just try and hold them there. They're controlling that limb throughout the whole movement. And it's not just the limb, they're controlling their core. Um, everything they can it's all very intentional and the muscles are engaged and they're moving it through a space but they've got control over what they're doing at all times and that requires a lot of strength a lot more than a lot of people may think and that is why you know having a teacher for yoga as well that is where that comes into its own because a lot of people will can cheat yoga movements again this is something I've had experience with I would just kind of throw myself into a position that I thought looked the same but then my yoga teacher would come over, adjust my position, and it would be a whole different feeling. And you really have to focus on what muscles are working to hold yourself in that position. And I hope that I've done a good enough job of explaining the difference between flexibility and mobility there. But to, um, to sum it up, basically means mobility is a range of motion that you have control in, whereas flexibility doesn't necessarily mean you are strong in that range of motion. Okay, the next and last question is, how do I get my head in the right space to work out? Now, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier on with um, with goals and the process and um, see either you can focus on your goals or focus on what you love. And that is probably the, the easiest and quickest way to get your head into the right space to work out. But there is a key component to sticking to something that I really want to talk about here. And that is momentum. So, basically just starting something can give you enough momentum to carry on now the old saying is starting is the hardest thing and there is a lot of truth to that and this is true on the macro and the micro um so what i'd say here that when i'm talking about macro i'm talking about getting started in general as in like maybe you don't work out you know you need to get started and you're looking at it from the large scale, from the macro scale. But it can also bleed down into the micro. So let's say you already do work out, but you're looking at your next session. So let's say you get home from work. Um, You work out regularly anyway, but you get home from work. You know you should go to the gym, but you're like, oh, I just, you know, I can't be bothered today. Um, That would probably be more of the micro situation. Now, One of the biggest uh, pieces of advice I give is if you're struggling with getting started, then put yourself in a position where it would be silly not to. So if, for instance, you're just starting out, whether this is starting at the very beginning of your journey or whether this is just starting a session that you're not feeling 100% into, put yourself into a position where it would be silly not to get started. So whether that means putting your gym shoes on, getting changed, and then going to the gym, because once you're in there, then you're gonna feel pretty silly if you just walk in there and walk straight back out. So get yourself into that place where you have to get started. And at least that gives you that momentum then to carry on. Um, and also what you're doing this, I mean, focus on your goals. If you're contemplating getting started again from the macro or the micro, go through your head of all the benefits you're going to get when you've done it. And when you do this, start with the presupposition that you're going to do the workout regardless but all you're doing now is lifting the benefits you're going to get after it so in your head already have it made that you're going to get that workout done or you're going to get started and that'll just um you know then the benefits just come as an added bonus to that kind of mindset then now it's also worth remembering that you hardly ever hear anyone say i wish i hadn't done that workout so um definitely definitely build up that momentum just get started get yourself into a frame of mind or into a physical position where it'd be silly not to get through with it because once you start you're going to be glad you've done it and look ladies and gentlemen i hope you've enjoyed this episode um this is obviously a different kind of episode and much shorter than the ones i've already done And what I'd like to do with this, I'm going to do it every now and then, I'm not going to schedule it in for any particular days, but if you do have any questions, then please head on over to 358 on the social media. You can find it on Instagram at 358fitness or on Facebook, just search for the same. Um, Or if not, you can email info at 358fitness.com. And if you've got any questions that you would like, like me to tackle, like me to answer, then feel free to send them my way and I'll definitely give it my best shot. But I hope you got value from this. That is my main goal with this podcast in general, is to give people real, relatable, and practical information that they can use straight away, not stuff that is all airy-fairy and can't be used. Um, I like to give people definitive, actionable points, But guys, if you did take value from this episode, then please, please, please give this episode a five-star rating, whatever platform you're listening to, because it really, really helps with getting the message out there. The way the algorithm works, they tend to promote episodes that get the better rating. So you will be helping me out a ton and also helping anyone else that could benefit from hearing information like this. But guys, thank you very much for listening to me today, and I will catch you next time. Bye-bye.